Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby, and welcome to a July edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. This is obviously a very slow time for the Browns as we are starting to gear up for training camp, but it's not till the end of July. So, for this podcast, uh, Scott Patsko, Mary Kay Cabot, and I all got together, and we came up with lists. Uh, five topics, three things each, and we came up with lists for the most important Brown, not named Baker Mayfield, our favorite post-1999 memories, reasons the Browns could miss the playoffs, three questions for the team entering training camp, and then we came up with some bold predictions. So what you're about to hear is all of those lists that we posted in separate videos uh, earlier this month. You can find those on our Cleveland Browns YouTube channel. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com on YouTube. Uh, you can see these in video form. But here is our special Orange and Browns talk podcast We all know that Baker Mayfield is the most important player for the Cleveland Browns. That's not debatable. It's the quarterback, most important position in football, maybe in all of sports. So it's Baker Mayfield. But let's talk about three players each. We, we all came up with a list of three. The most important non-Baker Mayfield player for the Browns. Let's go through our list, Mary Kay. Who do you have? And we're going to start from the bottom yes. of the list. Yes. And we're going to work our way up. So... The third most important player behind Baker Mayfield on my list is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be aiming for that this year. And finally, he has those shackles taken off of him. Greg Williams is no longer here. He's no longer limited to only two pass rush moves. He wants to be beat out Aaron Donald for this award this year. Let's see if he can do it. Okay, so I've got a, I've got a defensive player here on mine, Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut down corner when he's healthy. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to clean up his tackling. He had those concussion issues last year, and that's always a scary thing. So I think seeing Denzel Ward on the field as a shutdown corner makes that whole defense better. I went with special teams, uh, the kicker. Whoever the kicker ends up being, whether it's Greg Joseph or Austin Siebert, Whoever gets that job, I think we've seen over the last two seasons how important having a kicker is and how things go bad at the beginning of the season. They make changes, and they're going to be in some close games. You want the kicker that you'd have confidence in going out and getting kicked away in the game. Uh, I'm going to go up to another second-year player. I had Denzel Ward, a second-year guy on my list. I'm going to go another second-year guy, Nick Chubb. Uh, Freddie Kitchens loves to run the football. We saw that last year. He ran the football a lot, especially with Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt's going to be out. The Browns don't really have another player on their roster that can carry the load. Even if Duke Johnson's on the roster, you're not giving him 20 carries a game. So it's going to be Nick Chubb carrying that running game. I've got him second on my list. Well, the corollary to that is Kareem Hunt. And that's who I have on my list here in this spot. Because when he comes back in week nine, he's got half the season down the stretch. That crucial stretch, especially when they're in so many AFC North games, when the weather is bad, and he'll have fresh legs. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be ready to go. And I say he's number two on the list. Who do you have number two? You know, I also have Kareem Hunt. I think... I look at that as like a halftime uh, adjustment for the Browns. You know, they spend the first half of the season showing everybody in the league one kind of offense, and then you add in such a dynamic player like Kareem Hunt that can kind of change things and, mm-hmm. and really give defenses something to think about. So, yeah, I think, I think Hunt's too. Mm-hmm. Mary Kay, give us your number one. Well, I'm guessing that we are all going to have the same number one here. Uh, I'm really going out on a limb there with that one. Uh, But Odell Beckham Jr., uh, he lands in town uh, with the same kind of magnitude of a LeBron James. He's a superstar in our midst, and a lot of this season will depend on the connection between Baker to Odell. I had Odell, too. Did you have Odell? 
You guys are going to be disappointed. Oh, I did not <laughs> have Odell. You know, I, I thought about that. Um, this team was headed for uh, excitement, off, exciting offseason even before they got Odell Beckham Jr. There were a lot of expectations before he showed up. Yes, he's a great player, but for me, the number one on my list is Miles Garrett. I think defensively, he's, he's the person who kind of has to be the focal point here. They want to get him to the point where he's like J.J. Watt when the Texans came to town a few years ago, where every time the ball was snapped, you expected J.J. Watt to be in the backfield or disrupting the play somehow. So I think Miles Garrett is the one player who I think is the most important, who can have the biggest impact on this team. I feel like I dropped the ball. I didn't even put Miles Garrett on my list. Did you, 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 f- had a, you had him number three, <laughs> you had him number one. I didn't even have him on my list for some reason. It has been 20 very long years since the Browns returned after they left for Baltimore. The Browns came back in 1999. There has not been much success, only one playoff appearance. Uh, their most recent winning season, they have to go all the way back to 2007. Uh, so it's been a slog for the fans in this team. But we're going to bring up some memories, our three favorite memories since the Browns returned. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom of my list. How about this one? The Eric Mangini era, obviously a very dark era for this team, but back-to-back wins at New Orleans, and then at home against New England. Of course, we all remember the Reggie Hodges fake punt, mm-hmm. uh, beating Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick, his, his mentor. Um, that, was sort of a, that was sort of a cool stretch for a team before they lost to the Jets in overtime the next week and things fell apart again. But uh, that, that one stands out to me. You know, one of my uh, favorite memories throughout, and mine are not all favorite memories, <laughs> they're just memories. I've blocked out most of the Browns' memories over the years, like you do things like from your childhood that weren't so great. But uh, one, of the, one of the best memories that I have, one of the most exciting things to cover, was when Josh Gordon led the NFL with 1,646 yards. It was just an amazing season. We were watching greatness, and if he hadn't gotten into trouble you know, with the off-the-field stuff, I think he was definitely a Hall of Fame receiver. And, and that season has kept him in the league. He's still going somehow, even though he hasn't been able to duplicate that year. Number three on my list is actually a, a, a positive memory. Um, Jamie Meters blocked punt against the Chargers. Now, that wasn't what won the game. It was the, you know, Lambeau missing the field goal at the end. But that block ended Lambeau's string of like 18 straight field goals inside the 40. And just that moment, I think fans in the stadium, there weren't as many as you probably claimed were there, but they kind of realized this was really a legitimate shot at winning a game. And obviously they went on to win it and avoided the 0-16 season. Accomplished that the next season, but that moment um, was kind of a big deal. And uh, Jamie Meter getting his hand on that, and I think, I think Joe Thomas uh, coined him as the Peruvian <laughs> Prince of Parma yes. after that, perhaps. Uh, but that was that was a pretty good memory. Yeah, yeah Joe Thomas practically in tears. Andrew Hawkins practically mm-hmm. in tears. That was a yeah. very emotional uh, Christmas Eve win for the Browns. Ricky, what do you have at number two? Well, this again is not a favorite memory, but. Anything having anything to do with Johnny Manziel will always stand out in my mind forever. Mm -hmm. Whether he was on a swan, whether he was Billy Manziel, whether he was, you know, doing something crazy, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, draft day, anything. I mean, it will just always stand out as one of the most bizarre periods in Cleveland Browns history. Yeah, I actually had Manziel number two on on my list. At one point, I had Dwayne Rudd's helmet toss. Uh, That was just (laughs) something that just stuck in my head, but. The image of Johnny banging his head against the tablet is something that is always brought up. Anytime uh, you're watching something on television that, that touches on his time in Cleveland, it's that image of him banging his head. So that that's the memory that this. Yeah, I mean, me. flipping the bird in the preseason there game. I mean, you oh know, it just gosh. goes on and on and on. You can do a highlight reel 
of yeah. the Johnny Manziel. Him doing like a, a finger guns after he threw an interception or something, <laughs> but it got called back and it ended up being a first down, so he celebrated it like he had done something. Uh, I'm going back to that era a little bit, but a different route. When the Browns beat the Steelers in 2014 at home, I just remember being in that stadium. You know, the, the bad part is that was the game that Alex Mack got hurt, but everything else in that game was just... I think fans started to realize that maybe that team was worth paying attention to. Of course, Brian Hoyer, the luster hadn't really worn off of him yet. Um, and I just remember walking, you know, being in that stadium and kind of walking out of it afterwards, and it just felt like something special might happen. Of course, Browns got to 7-4, and four and it all fell apart after that. Um, but, but that was sort of the start of maybe something good happening in 2014. So I, I've got that at number two. You know, I was going to go with Bottlegate here, but I think uh, I'm, I'm switching my number one to the moment when Baker Mayfield came off the bench in the Jets game to replace Tyrod Taylor, brought the Browns back, and you could just feel the sea change. I mean, you just knew uh, that there was something different in the air. And, again, he busted open beer coolers all over the city. Uh, he, he changed the vibe and just the whole aura around the Cleveland Browns. And, and so that would be number one for me. Uh, I've got Phil Dawson's kick in Baltimore, the, the one that uh, originally was ruled no good, yeah. uh, bounced off the, the stanchion in the back. The refs kind of got a little shady with the replay review, yeah. and they maybe weren't <laughs> supposed to review it, but they kind of did, and they ended up the field goal was good. The Browns won in Baltimore. 2007 was a, a really fun season in part because of, of that game. Going back to 2002, uh, Run, William, Run was uh, – the last time the Browns have been in the playoffs, that run uh, put them ahead, uh, kind of gave them a comfortable cushion against the Falcons that day. They had to get a goal line stand to actually win, and then the Jets had to help them get into the playoffs later that day. But uh, William Green's 64-yard touchdown was, was a big moment for the Browns, and Jim Donovan's call of it, obviously, has kind of lived on after the fact. Expectations are sky high for the Browns. People are thinking about the AFC North, possibly, or at the very least, a wild card. People want this team to make the playoffs. I think they expect this team to make the playoffs. Let's go the other way. What are the things that could prevent this team from making the playoffs? The top three reasons the Browns could maybe not meet expectations this season and miss the playoffs. Uh, I'll go here first. I'm going to go with the kicking game because I think there's a big question in the kicking game. There's going to be a kicking battle. Uh, Greg Joseph versus Austin Seibert, who they drafted in the fifth round. If the kicking game is a disaster, the NFL can is such a – you know, close league. It's such a fine line every week between winning and losing. If the Browns aren't sound a kicker, it might cost them that one or two games that decides whether they make the playoffs or not. I went with an outside force. Uh, I think uh, people are expecting the, the Ravens and the Steelers to take this step back uh, and the Browns kind of move ahead of them. And I think if Lamar Jackson figures out how to throw passes consistently and if the Steelers do not lose that step that everybody's thinking they will when they got rid of uh, Antonio Brown, when they lose uh, Le- Le'Veon Bell, uh, if those two teams do not take a step back, that's something that can prohibit the Browns from getting to the playoffs. I, I actually had that on my list, too. The division's <laughs> better than we think. You know, right. I, I think that's a very, a very relevant topic. Yes, that was actually my number three as well. <laughs> there we go. We the Steelers or Ravens <laughs> exceed expectations. And, you know, we just talked to Joe Hayden at uh, Jarvis Landry's Celebrity Softball Game, and he just ran through position by position talking about how great they feel about their defense, their, their offensive line, their 
receiving core. I mean, everything. And I don't think they're conceding anything. I don't think the Ravens are conceding everything and anything. And I really think these two teams are going to be so sick and tired of hearing about the Cleveland Browns. I think it's going to be a great battle. All right. So give us your uh, give us your number two then. My number two was Odell Beckham. He hasn't been healthy for a full season over his last two years. There's so many great expectations for him this year. He needs to say stay healthy. The only thing that I think can derail or one thing that could derail the season would be him not being fully healthy all year. Scott? Uh, again, I'm kind of going uh, outside uh, of the roster. I think that first half of the season, you have the three primetime games. You have the, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Rams. Uh, you got the Ravens on the road. That's a stretch that's going to tell us a lot about where the Browns are. And if they come out of that in a hole and aren't able to dig out of it, if, if they prove that they're, they're not really ready for prime time, um, you know, that, that, could be, that could be a reason that they, that they don't get things in order in the second half of the season and make it to the playoffs. Okay, my, my number one is an obvious one. I, I think it's the, the thing that could derail the season, uh, regardless of who the backup is or anything like that. If Baker Mayfield goes down, if, if he doesn't play a full season, if he's only able to play like half a season, if something happens to Baker Mayfield, uh, that basically derails your whole season. Yeah, and that was also my number one. Yeah, mine too. Yours too? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, everything runs through Baker Mayfield this season. Uh, the, the key to winning the AFC North, to getting this team over the hump and into the playoffs finally. It's all about Baker Mayfield. I think we're all in agreement on that. And and here we are talking about things that could keep the Browns out of the playoffs instead of talking about things that have to happen for the Browns to make the playoffs. Mm So, uh, I mean, honestly, that should make Browns fans feel very good about where this team could end up at the end of the season. All right, our Browns lists here continue. Three questions about this team that we have entering training camp. Scott, let's start with you. Right guard, who's going to play it? Who's going to be the starter? You know, there's going to be a battle going into camp, and I think that's probably the biggest battle camp-wise that, that, that we'll be looking at. So I think um, right guard, who's going to, is it going to be Austin Corbett? Is he going to prove that he was worth that pick in the second round? We'll have to find out. That's what I've got number one on my list. I can't shake that offensive line guy mentality, yeah. apparently. So I've got that number one on my list. That is kind of the big, big question. Do you have that one on your list? No, I don't no? have that okay. one on my list. Well, then give list. us a new one. <laughs> give us a fresh one. Well, mine is, uh, my third one on my list is, can the Browns win with Drew Stanton if Baker Mayfield goes down? We don't know it. Freddie seems to think that they can win with him. I'm sure Drew feels that he's just as good as the guy who went, whatever, 11-5 and five or 11-6 and six over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's a huge question mark. He's 35, and we haven't seen him play in a while. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the cornerbacks. You know, we saw Denzel Ward play really well last year when they put him under fire, and now Greedy Williams is going to be in the same position. We're going to get to see those guys again go against Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway. Go against a pretty good receiving core in camp. They're going to get tested early. So I'm watching kind of those young corners, how Denzel Ward responds coming off the concussions, and then also how Greedy Williams responds in his first real opportunity with the ones. Number two on my list is what this offense's identity is going to be. Uh, we heard a lot from multiple coaches, Freddie and even Baker, about you know they're still trying to figure it out, what they're going to be. They don't, they don't really know. And they're trying to mesh some different philosophies together. So um, trying to see how that develops uh, over training camp is something I'm going to be watching. Number two on my list is can Baker Mayfield keep all of those weapons happy? I mean, just looking out there in minicamp and you see, now Jarvis wasn't practicing, but in training camp you're going to have Jarvis, Odell, Antonio Callaway, Nick Chubb, David Njoku. And Kareem then Hunt's going to be eventually, out there in camp. Yeah, in camp, Kareem Hunt will be there too. So uh, just can Baker distribute the ball 
to everyone and make everyone happy. I'm going to look at those weapons, but down lower on the depth chart. I want to see who emerges as your fifth receiver, your sixth receiver. There's going to be some good battles there. We saw some guys emerge sort of in minicamp in the spring. There's guys returning like Damian Ratley and, and Derek Willies. Um, so there's going to be some battles. Dorian Baker and Ishmael Hyman looked good in the spring. There's going to be battles for the bottom of that wide receiver depth chart. And I'm curious to see who kind of grabs those spots. Number one for me is, uh, will Steve Wilkes improve the defense, uh, and sp- specifically the tackling? Uh, will he be able to mesh all these new faces back there and, and get them to tackle better? They, the Browns were fifth. They were graded fifth overall by Pro Football Focus back in 2014 as a tackling team. They were middle of the pack a few years after that, but last year they were dead last. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that's something that obviously has to change, and that's, I think, the first thing that Steve Wilkes mentioned when we asked him, what do you need to improve? So... Uh, seeing if he's able to do that is tops on my list. We've run through my list, so what do you have? Number one on my list is, will the Browns live up to all this hype? Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, it's national. It's probably global. And, uh, you know, there's so many new players. There's so many great expectations. Can they live up to it all? All right, it's time to make some bold predictions, three of them. I'm going to be honest, this is a safe space. I only came up with one bold prediction. I'm sorry. I'm not very good at it. But I want to hear your guys' bold predictions. Maybe (laughs) I'll latch on to what you guys had to write. So, so Scott, give me a bold prediction. This might not be bold to everybody, but if you haven't been to the playoffs or had a winning season in over a decade, I think saying that you're going to host a home playoff game, that's probably bold. So I think that's, that's my number three. Okay, I did think about putting that one on my list, so I'll, I'll latch on. Yeah, I had that on my list, too, hosting now a home he's gonna playoff game, uh, maybe wild card weekend, something like that. Now, do I have to be held to these bold no. predictions, or are we just having a good We're time? We're predicting no. the future. In June. It can always change. <laughs> okay, my number three bold prediction is that the Browns will sweep the Pittsburgh Steelers Ooh. this year. That, is, that is bold. That is really That's bold. bold. You guys are way better at this than I am. Scott? <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry will both throw touchdown passes. I don't think that's too far out on a limb. I think they've both proven in the NFL that they can throw. I think Odell had, yeah. like, the longest pass for the Giants last year. And, obviously, we've seen Jarvis Landry throw the ball. So, uh, you know, maybe one of them is to Baker Mayfield. But I think they both did it done. Or to each other. There you go. There you go. Mary Kay? My number two bold prediction is that the Browns will send nine players to the Pro Bowl Ooh, this year. Nine. Ooh. That's bold. Yeah, very, can you name them? I, I had some coffee. This I was morning. thinking about maybe putting. I was thinking about putting Greedy Williams on the Pro Bowl team. Me too. Right? If, team, if teams throw away from Denzel Ward and Greedy gets his hands on the he's, football, maybe he ends up following in Denzel's footsteps and making the Pro Bowl. He's one of my nine. Um, okay, so here's here's the one that I did come up with. You two are way more creative than I am. Um, I think Eric Cush is going to start at right guard. I Ooh. think that the fact that Austin Corbett wasn't just put in that position and owning that position in the spring is a red flag. I know the Browns maybe want to downplay that. Uh, And Kyle Kalis is a local guy that might get in that competition, but Eric Cush has started at guard. Freddie Kitchens talks about guys being battle-tested and wanting guys like that. It's going to be important to have that position settled. I think he's going to win that job. Wow, that is a very bold prediction. See, Dan, you've got this. Do we have have anything left? Did we go over I got I got one. one I got my number one. Kareem Hunt will have more carries over the second half of the season than Nick Chubb. Ooh, that's a good Ooh. one. I think I he like comes it. back with fresh legs. I think they want to get him incorporated into the offense as much as they can, especially in those first couple weeks when he's back, and I think it works out. So. All right, I'll say number one, as long as we all promise we're going to delete this video <laughs> by August 15th. There you go. Agreed? 
Sure, why not? Okay. The Browns will advance to the AFC Championship game. I can see it. There you go. Can you see it? It's possible. Mark it down. That's the crazy Record thing. The there's, date. A, there's a path there. We'll see what happens. They're going to have to go through Indy. You say August 15th. They're going to maybe be playing one of the teams they're going to have to go through yep. that very week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our list's edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are gearing up, as I said, for training camp. We'll have lots of content coming your way. And make sure you're checking out cleveland.com slash Browns, where we're doing 19 questions for the 2019 Browns. Uh, Mary Kay Scott and I are all writing posts uh, throughout the week. Uh, 19 questions for the Browns. Some of them are fun. Some of them are uh, really interesting. Uh, so, so make sure you're checking that all out on cleveland.com slash Browns. Thanks for listening, everybody.